0: Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Free Ring Podcast. And I know to start off with all of you guys who are watching the, the audio version of this podcast, you can see this nice scar right here. Um, let me tell you what happened. So I got back to Georgia from West Virginia. Um, as many of you guys know, I left YAL. I no longer associate myself with YAL. I hope to be able to get into that later. Um, there's an NDA, so I'm a bit tied on what I can say, but it's my goal to be able to get into that later and make sure all this, all, all the truth comes out from that. So, um, anyway, so I, I get back from West Virginia working with Yao, and, you know, it was really stressful up there. They, uh, they, they required a lot and so it was, it was quite stressful. And so I got back and so I wanted to be able to, to just go. My family, uh, when they originally got to America 200 some odd years ago, had a patch of land. And that land is about forty-five minutes to an hour from where I live. So I, I got a bunch of guns together. Got a, I got a, you know, a nine millimeter, um, a twenty-two revolver, H and R, and a thirty thirty. And I went up, got some targets, got some ear protection, of course, got to protect the ears. And I went shooting, and it went really well at first in terms of safety wise. You know, I, I, I no, nothing happened for the first twenty minutes or so. Um, now my shots weren't, weren't the best either. I wasn't really hitting the target either. Um, so I got a bit, I got a bit annoyed of not hitting the targets. So I went and I got, I got my, uh, my, my grandpa's 30, 30 that he gave me and well, uh, you know, loaded it to lever action, cocked it one time, put it up to my shoulder, looked down the scope. I guess I was a little too close to the scope. Um, but I felt bang, thought it hit my head. And I decided to go and look to see if I hit the target because that's most important to see if you hit the target, you know. And on the way back, my head was just—I like—I I knew immediately I had messed up, but my head was not was not the best. So I went like this, looked down, blood, got it on my shirt too. Was not fun. Um, also, in the hometown team, go Georgia. Got it on my shirt too. It was not fun at all. So then, I uh, you know had to get um had to get um Paper towels, stop the bleeding, get all the guns up, get everything. And I went to the urgent care. Um, and then here we, it took like an hour, by the way. Like, whoever runs urgent cares also must run Chick fil A. Because from the time I left my aunt, my great aunt's house, the one who owns some of the property now that I was at, to the time that I left urgent care, and keep in mind it's a 30 minute drive from where my aunt lives to urgent care, uh, it took an hour. So, props, props to Hunter, props to Kelly up there. Urgent care, you guys are great. Kelly or Carly it's either Kelly or Carly you guys were great you guys were amazing but that is the story of how I got this nice little thing right here I know a lot of you guys who, who are coming from my Twitter saw it um the day it happened on my way home I'm fine I'm 100% fine other than you know this so that's fun but you know I, what that's not what all we're talking about today today we're getting into the presidential debate and first and foremost what was that that was the most, the least productive presidential debate, at least in my lifetime that I can remember. At least that debate, I don't think anybody left that debate any any undecided. Left that debate with an idea of who they're voting for. I don't think that anyone won that debate. I don't think the debate was won or lost in the eyes of the moderates. Of course, people who who are, are supporting Trump, you know, they they hear that his talking points, his attacks on Biden, and they say Trump won. And on the left, people are saying Biden won, but true moderates, true people who are undecided, I don't think they truly have anyone to go. And a lot of people are calling this the rumble in the jungle, and I have to agree with them. It was two, two old men fighting over the last, the last, uh, the last shuffleboard game. You know, it's two old men who are fighting, fighting for this. And you know, no, no diss on Trump. I think he's somebody who's a very inexperienced debater, but I don't think he's a bad debater. I think he's somebody who doesn't have a lot of, of debate experience. What he has done three debates against people of the other party, of course, the primary debate, but he's done three debates against people of the other party, three or four. He's not someone who who is who's done a lot of debates in his life. And Biden, on the other hand, to his credit, you know, he's been in office since 1973. He's done a mess of debates. He's just way more, way more uh, used to debating. So going into it, Trump. They said Trump was the underdog, and I, you know, look, I had to agree because, like I said, Trump, the 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 most fierce opponent Trump's had in the, in the debates was Ted Cruz, and Ted Cruz is somebody who he at least agreed with, and then he had Hillary, who's not, you know, a really good debater, and she's somebody who vast majorities of of the American population hated. Nobody really hates Biden, um, but a, a couple things are three things are true from the debate. Trump should have let Biden hang himself. Trump should have let Biden speak and speak and speak. One thing about Biden is that Biden doesn't allow, doesn't like there to be quiet time. He does not like it when words are being said by at least somebody in the room. He wants words to be said at all times. And then when it gets to Biden and when Trump did let Biden speak, he flip flopped multiple times. He supports the Green New Deal. He doesn't support the Green New Deal. He likes cops, but they're racist. We'll get into that later. And then third and, and this is something people on the left and right can agree on. Chris Wallace was awful. You know, I put a tweet out. This this is the only this is the only debate where a somewhat conservative will be asking the questions. Uh the next debate, I can't remember the guy's name, but he he's a former intern for Joe Biden. He's he was a former intern for Joe Biden. So I guess you and I can see it, it's not hard to see where where exactly this bias could happen. A former intern for Joe Biden should not be moderating the next debate. The next debate should be moderated by a true journalist who has no who has no bias. Of course that's hard to find, you know, CNN, Fox, you're not going to find somebody who doesn't lean one way or the other. Again, I think th- I was a big proponent of Joe Rogan. Um Joe Rogan being the one who who moderates the debate. I think he's somebody who is he, he accurately represents the American people. He's somebody who who agrees with Democrats on like about half the issues and agrees with Republicans on about half the issues, but overall he likes freedom. But let's get into it. So there were six segments. We're not going to cover all of it because, first off, if you guys watched the first the whole hour and a half of that, yeah, I had to watch it twice. I had to watch. I watched it the night of. I was live tweeting it. Many of you guys probably saw that. And then I had to watch it again to get ready for this to get ready for this podcast. So, let me just say, I, I'm not looking forward to the next one. Um, I hope it's a lot better. So, to start off with, the first question asked to Trump was whether or not Trump. It was about. Trump nominating a Supreme Court justice, which he has with Amy Coney Barrett, Trump started off by saying, first and foremost, elections have consequences. This is a jab at Obama from Obama's first year in office. You know, Obama said famously in 2009 when he was meeting with GOP senators that elections have consequences. We won. Get over it. It's something that that the right has used a lot of times and the left has used a lot of times to, to criticize the other side. Elections have consequences. We won. We can do what we want. But he's right. He does have the ability to nominate a new justice. And he has. And you know, Amy Coney Barrett, in my opinion, will most likely be the next Antonin Scalia. She's to clerk for Scalia. She's a diehard Catholic, a diehard conservative, a diehard constitutionalist. She's somebody who I think will will represent the Constitution, will represent America as a whole really well on the court. She's somebody who will go and her jurisprudence is amazing. And also what I like is that she's not a Harvard law grad. She's not a, a Yale, a Princeton law grad. She's somebody who graduated law from Notre Dame. She's somebody from, you know, a school that's not... I don't like that only people from Harvard are making our decisions on the Supreme Court. I think we need people from UGA, people from UF, people from Northwestern. I want people from all across all across the country on the Supreme Court. And he, he continued on to say, though, that Democrats would not think twice. He's right, They they wouldn't. You know, if Democrats were fighting this hard... To, to nominate Merrick Garland in 2016, what makes you think that if this, if, if the situation were vice versa, that they wouldn't be trying to do the same thing? They, the Democrats, if anything, are hypocritical. They only serve their best interest when they're elected. They don't care about anything else. They just want to push Democratic agenda, which good for them. That's why they were elected. But the good thing for us is that the, the American people don't like the Democratic agenda. Because if they did, well... Republicans wouldn't be elected anywhere, but Republicans have a, have a majority in the Senate. We have the courts and we have the the White House, so we need to do this. Now, I do have to pick apart something he said. He, is he said he, one? He said there's there's plenty of time, which I agree. It shouldn't take four months to nominate a Supreme Court justice. I mean, for the most part, everyone outside of you know Romney's Murkowski, Collins, uh, sometimes Manchin are going to know who they're going to vote for. They're going to know whether or not going they're going to vote for them or against them almost immediately so i don't see why we have to have months and months of invest of debates and everything but he said even after the election he'd be able to and that's when i start to disagree um because i think i think after the election he becomes a lame duck and we should wait because then the american people would have spoken and then the next president should get the choice however i do feel like he has a a really good chance of winning now biden Biden contradicted himself multiple times on the subject. He went from liking her to saying she will take women's rights away to saying plain out. He just truly doesn't know. He started by saying uh, he, he, when, when it was his turn, he said, I'm not opposed to the justice. I've heard she's a fine lady. He's saying, really, he, he, he's not opposed to the justice. He, she's a fine lady. She's, she's a good person. She's a good woman. Nobody can say, first off, Amy Coney Barrett isn't a good woman. She has seven kids, two of which she adopted from Haiti, I believe it is. She's a a good Catholic woman. Also, the left is attacking her because she's a part of People of Faith. And they're saying People of Faith is a white supremacist organization. It's not. It's a a group of people who all get together and they discuss their faith with each other. It's not something that that should be attacked. But then, he goes on to say in his two-minute monologue that... He, that she would overturn Roe v. Wade in the Affordable Care Act, which Trump brilliantly, this is the one the good thing about Trump, for the most part, is he wouldn't allow Biden to, to lie. So then he said that you don't know what her view is on Roe, to which Biden goes, I don't know her view. He gets Trump to admit, he, he gets Biden, sorry, to admit that Biden has no clue how this, how this lady would vote on Roe v. Wade. I mean, none of us know. Trump might know, but we don't know. Some senators might know, but we don't know how she's going to vote on Roe v. Wade. We're not sure if she's going to, if she would vote to, to overturn it or she'd vote to confirm it or to, to upstand it. We have no clue. And Biden definitely doesn't know. We have a good idea, but we don't know. But then Wallace, Wallace turns to Biden and he goes, he flat out asked if he would pack the court or get rid of the filibuster. It, he said that Wallace phrased the question. He said that a lot on the left has said they would do this. Would you do this? And then Joe proceeded to do what he's done his whole life and changed the subject. He starts talking about, you know, corn pop. He starts bringing up corn pop. But, now Joe, so Joe then proceeded to do what he did his whole life and change the subject. Joe says he does not think... First off, I don't think that Joe would end the filibuster because he wouldn't have that power. You know, if he wins the White House and he wins this, and the Democrats win the Senate... Joe doesn't get to control whether or not the filibusters ended, um, whoever the Senate minority leader, majority leader, sorry, would. So, for instance, Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer. But he does refuse to say whether or not he would pack the court. Instead, he, he answers that, would be, that if he were to answer, if he were to say, yes, I'm packing the court, which I think him not answering is leaning toward, yes, he would pack the court. If he were to say, yes, I would pack the court, that is, he said that that would become the discussion, not Trump that would be to come the discussion not trump and then you're going to see this throughout this entire podcast everything biden is saying is about trump he's running because he does not like trump because the democrats don't like trump and you know if this election serves as a referendum on trump then and the american people truly don't like trump then it might be a good policy but if the american people overall are like sorry trump's not that bad then it doesn't work out well for joe biden I mean, th- that's how 2016 was ran. 2016 was ran of anti-Trump. No matter what, we got to get Hillary elected because he's not Trump. So, it, like I said, this is something that, when it comes down to it, could be something that, that wins the election or loses it. So then he moves on to COVID. Biden said, this is his economy. He shut down. No. No, Joe. No, Joe, he didn't shut down. The Democratic governors shut down their states. Georgia, for instance where I live under governor Kemp we never really shut down or uh, we put we put in some some mandates we put in some some social distancing guidelines but for the most part we, we really didn't shut down I mean I remember back in April I believe it was in the really early parts uh, right after schools got shut down I remember I was at a friend's house and um, her mom's a teacher and she, I remember uh, her mom asking like will I get paid and I remember I, I texted a state rep that now I said hey you know, I, my friend's mom's a teacher. She's wondering, will she get paid? Blah blah blah. And yeah, teachers got paid first and foremost. You got to keep them paid because they still worked. They taught online. So I remember, but I remember really early on, uh, Governor Kemp asked everyone to to roll back their uh, roll back their budgets by about three percent each agency because that's what they expected they would lose. But then Georgia, because we didn't go as far as like New York or California, completely shut down. We saw actually more revenue come. We're able to 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 still carry on almost with normal normal day, especially when it comes to like how much money the government brought in, the the Georgia government brought in, and we we're we're doing great. You know, my girlfriend who I've talked about on this podcast before—sorry, I dropped my pen there—who I've talked about on this podcast before. She goes to UGA, but she's from Florida, and I remember she, when she was going to move into to, into uh, Athens, which is in Georgia, obviously. She asked me. So what phase is Georgia in? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, what phase is Georgia in? Are they in phase two, phase three, phase four of reopening? I was like, dude, we never shut down. We just told the rest of the world we shut down so y'all wouldn't come. But getting back to it, this is not, Trump did not shut down the economy. I personally think Trump handled handled the coronavirus really well. He sat back, gathered supplies, and whenever New York or, or Wisconsin or whoever needed them, he would make sure they had the supplies they needed. And he brought in the Navy's medical uh, ship to New York to help take care of patients. Um, he, he, I think, I think Trump handled this just about as well as he could. Now, Trump to his credit, he did, he did really good in this respect. He would keep bringing up the democratic grand states. This was a really good play by him because people are fleeing California, and New York by the hundreds of the days, by hundreds of people a day. Joe, uh, Joe Rogan uh, announced he was moving to Austin. I believe he moved there. It's the last month in September uh Joe or sorry um Elon Musk will be moving to Texas Ben Shapiro will be moving to Tennessee people are leaving these states I had Joe Borelli on last uh last podcast and like I said he he even said that New York is crazy New York is crazy sorry he would then went on to say that Biden would close down the whole country and that people want to get back to their lives and fact check true this is true people are tired of government controlling their lives if you're healthy and young there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to work if you don't want to. You know I'm 19 years old. The likelihood that I I get coronavirus and very 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 serious cons, very 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 serious symptoms is almost zero to none. The likelihood that coronavirus affects me in such a way that I'm unable to live my life healthy and happily is almost zero. This 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 is virus is very bad for people who are have pre-existing conditions, are older. Or susceptible to it with autoimmune disease, but for somebody who, who's like me, who you know, like I said, is nineteen, is young, has a healthy immune system, this this is something that doesn't really affect us. There, are, there are, has actually been an argument about the um about reopening up state or reopening up colleges, sorry, where the argument is get all the people, all the students from the college, and the uh and and the professors, for the most part, and keep it like a commune. Only people in the college can come in and out of the places. And the idea is that since something like one out of every 5,000, one out of of every 10,000 or so college age students will, will have serious ramifications, not even death, just serious ramifications from this illness. It it seems like a good idea to just let everyone go back to college as normal, but keep them isolated from, you know, the outside world, which obviously seems impossible, but it's something that should be looked into because college age kids, if they get this, they're not going to be detrimented that hard. You know, they, they might have flu-like symptoms for a few days, but they're, they're going to be okay. You know, young people are always going to be okay when, when stuff like this happens. It, it just truly, that's, that's what happens. It, young people with healthier immune systems, are, they tend to be okay. Now, then the issue came on to, to why Joe ran. Trump said repeatedly, this is something that I thought was great. Trump repeatedly said, why didn't you do it while you were in office? I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years. And fact check true. In the past 47 years since Joe Biden was first elected in 1970, or first uh, took in, taken into office in 1973, what has he accomplished? I was on a podcast with Matt Zappan a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple, last week, it was on uh, a uh, Matt Matt and Chan show, and Matt Zippon said the only good thing that Joe Biden's ever done is vote for Clarence Thomas, but if you don't remember, they put Clarence Thomas through absolute hell to get elected, or to get uh, nominated and confirmed. They put, they put Clarence Thomas through absolute hell to get confirmed. And then Joe Biden has came out recently and said that he wishes he wouldn't have voted for him. And Clarence Thomas is somebody who, again, good old Georgia boy, Clarence Thomas is somebody who has served honorably on the court. The Anita Hill scandal was, it was the, f- what, it was exactly what Clarence Thomas said it was, a high-tech lynching. Clarence Thomas is somebody who every American should be like. I put people like him and Ben Carson as two of the, the greatest, two of the greatest American stories you can ever hear of. Clarence Thomas has told this story multiple times. He grew up in the age of deep southern racism. Deep southern hate in Georgia. But, he was able to go to college, go to law school, and he was the first ever black man appointed by a Republican to be on the Supreme Court. Of course, Thurgood Thurgood Third good marshal was on the Supreme Court first, but Clarence Thomas was the second African American to be to be nominated to the Supreme Court. Of course, being by Reagan. Uh, Clarence Thomas has served honorably, and he's somebody who I I honestly hope I have the uh, the the pleasure of meeting uh, before before he passes. And I, I, he still got he still got decades. I mean, he's only seventy two or three, I believe. He's still got decades. Honestly, if Trump does win the second term, he should step down sometime in the second term so he can sure and solidify that he's replaced by a solid Republican. But then, Biden. Biden's responses were, because you weren't president, you're the worst president ever. This this is gets back to what I was talking about earlier. This is him admitting, all but admitting, that all the left wants is Trump out of office for any means necessary. They don't care what happens. They just want him out of office. Let me tell you, here's a list of Republican presidents since Biden was a senator, and you tell me how many were worse than Trump. It started with Richard Nixon, then it went to Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, Bush 41, and Bush 43. Those were five presidents that, that that served as president since Biden was elected to the United States Senate. Obviously, Richard Nixon served his last like two years while, while Biden was in office, but still. You're trying to tell me that President Trump is worse than Gerald Ford. The only thing Gerald Ford is known for is infam- infamously pardoning Nixon. Nixon, of course, being being famous for for for, uh, for Watergate. Honestly, Ronald Reagan, I think we can all agree, was uh, more conservative than Trump. Well, he got a lot. He, he was somebody who, obviously, I believe him and Joe Biden would have disagreed a lot more. So Joe Biden is either either. Very forgetful and forgets about the five Republican presidents that have been elected in, in since he was in office, or just downright doesn't care and is lying, saying Trump is the worst president in American history because he, he's simply not. Trump is simply not the worst president in American history. I mean, Bush 41 was elected, Bush 43 was elected. The famous Iraq war that Biden is against fact check he voted for it. Biden is the biggest pathological liar serving who served in the United States Senate this century Biden will say whatever it takes he goes like this he sees which way the wind's blowing and that's how he feels and for those of you who can't who are listening to the audio version I I put my finger in my mouth and put up to feel the which way the wind was blowing that's all he does he wants to know which way the wind's blowing and then once he figures that out that's what he supports let's just look at some of the things he's been foreign against one to dive back and to dive back into uh to Biden's history he's always been friendly to segregationists he's always been friendly to Klan's members and a lot of people say that that's the the age of the Democrats that he grew up in look he had every ability to speak out against them he was a senator one of a hundred senators he had every ability to speak out against them they didn't control that much over him he was elected um, as an outsider, he's told the story multiple times. He was elected as an outsider when he was at the age of thirty. He owed nobody nothing going into politics. He, nobody, he didn't know anybody, anything. He had no debts to 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 sorry, DNC officials. He had he could have spoken out against their racism and segregationism if he wanted to. Now, I don't think that Biden is a racist. I don't think Joe Biden is racist. But what I think, what I think is. Joe Biden is, has been friendly, not not even what I think, what I know is Joe Biden has been friendly to racists his entire career. His entire career, he's never spoken out against them until Donald Trump comes down the escalator and all of a sudden Donald Trump, the man who was loved by rappers and celebrities alike, is the most racist, most divisive, worst president in American history. I'm sorry, but I don't buy it. I don't buy it. This is another one of Biden's lies. like how And Trump brought this up. How Biden graduated from the top of his class in law school. Four... What was it? What was it? Uh, he he had four degrees. He had one degree. He graduated actually near the bottom of his class. You know, he's somebody... He loved his college. Couldn't even remember it. it. Said he went to Dell State. Joe Biden has been lying since... Well, I guess 180 years ago when he was born. If you don't get that joke, then you need to look that up. But then... You know, Trump starts to attack him. Trump starts to attack him on, on his kids, on his family. Which, obviously, is fair game. The Democrats have been attacking Eric, and the Democrats have been attacking Ivanka, and the D- Democrats have been attacking Don Jr., and they've even made the chance to attack Barron every once in a while. And I think Barron, one, should be off limits. I mean, he's 14 years old, 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. And he shouldn't he shouldn't be the subject of any attack. You guys all remember when, Ki- when Kathy Griffin held up Donald Trump's head. And that is not a sight that that a uh, that a young boy should see of his father. Anyway, my, 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 I pray for these people every day. So Trump repeatedly brought up Hunter in the debate, which is good. I mean, people need to know about the shady things he's doing. However, Joe kept trying to to say, "Oh, Bo was honorable. Bo served great." And then Trump goes, Nah dude, I'm talking about Hunter." So let's let's distinguish the difference because there was a there's a girl that I that I'm really good friends with, went to school with her. She's um, unfortunately not very much informed on politics. She she posted about how Trump was making fun of of Joe Biden's son who passed away. And I said, no, 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 no. There's a lot of differences between Bo and Hunter. You know, my fa- I have a family who lives in Delaware, and they have friends who told me, Bo, I, I know a guy actually, who served overseas with Bo. Bo served honorably. Bo was an American hero. Bo was a great man from all accounts. Bo was somebody who, who was very intelligent when he passed away. I believe he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. Bo Biden is somebody who would have eventually in my, in my, in my belief taken over his dad's Senate seat and could have made a run for the presidency. In my opinion, I think had Bo Biden not passed away, it would be Bo Biden 2020 instead of Joe Biden 2020. Bo Biden was a great man and he was a great American. And then there's Hunter and Hunter was kicked out of the navy for cocaine. That is reported by, you know, Joe like to say that that this these are all have all been discredited. That the Hunter being kicked out of the navy for cocaine, that was reported by the NBC. That was reported by the NBC. The, you know, it's got to be the most conservative broadcasting channel ever, the NBC. John King over at CNN, Trump's biggest ally, if you guys didn't know, said that Hunter Biden was a swamp creature. And Frankly, he's kind of right. I mean, let's look at it. Hunter Biden received three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow's wife. For what? Why? Why? Why did? Why did he receive that much money? No one knows. He won't talk about it. Where's Biden? You know, everybody keeps saying hiding from Biden. No, no, Biden's hiding. Where's Hunter Biden? What did he received three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow's wife for? He also very famously received. Hundreds of thousands of dollars from Burisma when he sat on the board of the energy company that nobody knew about. Of course, this all came out with, you know, with quid pro Joe, where he where Joe Biden um, basically strong armed the Ukrainians into firing the investigator who was looking into Burisma and his son. And this is something that, like I said, the American people would love to know about. And then the issue got on to race. And now this is where this is where Joe had started to get tired and didn't know what he was talking about. Biden said in the same breath, and I don't know how, how this is doable, he said, there is systematic, system, systemic sorry, injustice, but police officers overall are good people. And then this goes into the all cops are bastards approach, that, you know, no matter who you are, you can be the best cop ever, you're fighting to end, you know, racial disparity and, and policing and enforcing in the police department, but... Since there's that police since there's that, that systemic injustice, that systemic racism. Even though you're trying to fix it, even though you're trying to make the police force better overall, you're a part of the problem, and therefore all cops are bastards. This is completely sickening. This is completely sickening. I I know a lot of cops. I know the chief of police right here in my hometown. Great honorable man, served in the Marine Corps, retired Marine, great honorable man. Trump in 2020 to make it better needs to lay off next time at about an hour. And I was roughly 59 minutes into the debate. Joe Biden went to interrupt, went to interrupt Trump. He goes, he goes, "Uh, uh, uh," and then he closes his eyes for 10 seconds or so. And took him a little nap because when he gets tired, his policy, his policy proposals are terrible. Now they're terrible when he's not tired too. But his policy his is terrible. And let's get into that. So Chris Wallace asked Biden about the Biden-Bernie task force. Truthfully, it's the Bernie-Bernie Biden task force. And Biden said he wants to reimagine policing. He wants to reimagine, reimagine the police force. I need someone to tell Joe. There's a difference between community policing and police being from a community. When it comes to police, Trump has way, 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 way more support. Trump even asked Biden to name, quote, one group that supports him. And there should, there would and should have been crickets. If Trump would have left it there, there would have been about 10 seconds where it would have been pure crickets. To where Biden would have sat there looking at a camera like this. He wouldn't know what to do. Because truth be told, there's no, there's no major police groups that support Biden. Because... He is not somebody who is sticking up for them. He's not somebody who has police, police best interest at heart. Whether he truly does or not, actually, it doesn't matter because the far less the far left extremes will control Biden. AOC even said AOC was asked why if if it was a problem for Biden to be elected or not because he's not that far left, and but AOC said that it doesn't matter. She'll coach him. She'll coach him. You elect Biden, you elect, you elect AOC and Bernie. You elect Biden, you elect AOC and Bernie. And now, to, in in all effort of fairness, Trump could have been better on a question where he was asked to condemn white supremacy. So Chris Wallace asked Trump to condemn white supremacy. And Trump says, sure, sure, sure. I'll do that, sure. And I think Trump, throughout his entire presidency, ne- needs to be clearer on this. Because I don't think Trump... I don't think Trump supports white supremacists at all, but he needs to be clear on this. Trump needs to sit down and say, I, president Trump condemn all acts of, all acts of violence, especially those by white supremacist groups who are terrorizing our country. We need peace acts against somebody simply based on their race of uh, violence against somebody simply based on their race is not American. It's, it's not, it's not legal and it, it shouldn't be allowed. If he says that, if he said that in the debate, Biden would not have any clips to put. See, that's what I realized also while rewatching this. Um, Every time Biden would look at the camera or sorry, look at the camera and start talking about the good old days when I was in office, not doing anything. You'd hear Trump, you'd hear Trump, you'd hear Trump saying everything, talking about Hunter Biden, talking about how, how Joe's done nothing. And the reason he did this is because he didn't want to give Joe Biden the moment. He didn't want to give every debate. There's a moment. This was in 2016 where he famously said to Joe, he famously said to, sorry, Hillary, you'd be in jail. That was a moment that I think won him the election. He didn't want to give Joe that moment. And he had a moment, you know, <laughs> there came, a, there came a, a point where Joe Biden said something about being smart and Trump looks him dead in the eye. And he goes, did you use the word smart with me, Joe? Don't ever use the word smart with me, Joe. You've been in politics for forty-seven years. It's it's a moment that won the debate. I think I think in the eyes of Gen Z, Trump won the debate because I get on TikTok, I guess on Wednesday, and I see that sound used multiple times by a lot of big time creators, and that is how Gen Z is won. Gen Z is won by going where they are, TikTok. But he getting back to it, Trump could have been more. Trump could have been more more assertive when he when he condemned white supremacists now overall i mean now joe biden asked him to condemn the proud boys as a white supremacist group in which i'm glad trump didn't because they're not their leader is a black cuban man their leader is a black cuban man but that's a white supremacist group i'm sorry it's not overall i don't think anybody won if you look at it overall it's about 45 45 10 meaning the 45% of the country that was going to vote for Trump regardless, the 45% that was going to vote for Biden regardless, both are still going to vote for Biden and Trump. 10% don't know. So it's, it's much like the national polling. Overall, no one won. And for the next debate, somebody tell Trump to just let Biden tire himself out. Let Biden tire himself out. You get Biden at 30 minutes where he's where he's been talking for 20 out of the 30 minutes. You see a Biden that by the hour mark is going to be done. Now, something I do want to touch on before this podcast wraps up, I promise I'll let you guys go soon. Trump, President Trump obviously was diagnosed with, with COVID. He tested positive for COVID the night before I'm recording this. I'm recording this on Friday. I record, I'm recording this on Friday, so he was diagnosed uh, Thursday night or tested positive Thursday night. And overnight, the amount of – I'm going to pull up my phone right here just so I can read some of the things to you. The amount of people who are talking so bad about him, who are saying that they they wish he died – are saying that they wish that president trump will 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 pass away from this it's absolutely absolutely terrible so um someone named stan lewis 1979 so trump has COVID, huh i hope that racist cocksucker dies a slow painful death i don't know if i can say that um if i can't say that i'm sorry don't tell anybody and then horchata mommy 69 says i hope the virus kills trump and then I'm not gonna read this one's name, said, I hope Trump and his boo-boo to fool of a wife die of COVID. Those are just three. Those are just three people who have talked who have spoke out bad about the president wishing he would die. I'll put it like this. If you mourn the death of RBG, but you're wishing for the death of Donald Trump over coronavirus, you're a hypocrite, you're a bad person, and you need help. You should not be wishing on one hand, for someone you agree with politically, you should not be mourning them. You should not be telling them that you you, you, you wish that they were still alive because Orange Man bad and he's going to appoint somebody who believes in the Constitution. And then two weeks later say, I hope Orange Man dies. He shouldn't be doing it. It's not American. It's not human. And frankly, it's disgusting. And if any of you out there disagree with me and you're listening to this, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe immediately. I don't want the support of people who who think that human beings are different. Human beings are the same. They deserve the same basic respect. The same basic basic respect. Human life matters. Human life matters. That's why I'm pro-life. Because human life matters. So I, I pray for the president. I hope that the president has a nice, quick, speedy recovery. And I hope that we as the American people can come together. And and pray for the president. And, you know, I'm sure he'll be okay. I really truthfully do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Let Free Ring podcast. This podcast comes to you every Monday, right from me, Noah Rink. This podcast is a RingX Media production. Editing producer, Alexander Foreman. Copyright, RingX Media, 2020. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile